are here on the rec yard talking about prison pen pals. I'm Marcy Marie. I'm the Toonch. I'm Toonchy. <laughs> hey, Toonchy. <laughs> so prison pen pals. Did you have pen oh, pals? Boy. Did I? I didn't. You know, I had one pen pal. I feel like I'm not as um, savvy on this topic because I, I don't have a lot of personal experience. I just, I just know what I saw going on around me. Um, I had one pen pal, my, a little lady from my granny's church wrote me <laughs> <laughs> and um, she, we wrote back and forth about Jesus and shopping and everything in between. Uh, and so that's really my only experience with um, prison pen pals. What about you, Toonchi? Oh, well, you let's know. Let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. And uh, everybody will will hear from Mr. Jesse Crossan later. He was so sweet and generous and gave us his thoughts. And then later, hopefully, uh, another guest who will describe her experience. Y yes, I did. I had, um, you know, the first 10 years I was locked up, I did not. I, I didn't have any pen pals. Um, it was really just me writing my parents and one other friend. But the second time I had somebody that decided for my birthday, she was going to put me on a prison pen pal site. And I said, well, I've never done this before because most of the time, Marcy, we both know that women, maybe men too, but women have pen pals. Ugh, I hate to say it, but they, the term for them was a trick. So a lot of times women wrote men as pen pals because we're not paid for our labor and we don't have any way to have income other than what the money people put into our account um, because we have to buy everything. State provides very little. So that these men were like sugar daddies or tricks or and some were very good to their pen pals. Some were very, you can hear them in the visitation room, not so kind to them. Um, but it was one of those types of relationships so I was like, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, no, you can just put on there that you're only looking for friends and female friends. Because um, everybody knows that I'm the big, the big lesbian, right? So I don't want a bunch of men writing me. And I put on my ad, no men. I do, I do not want to write men. Uh, and it essentially said I like cats and Dr. Pepper and coffee. And it was a cute <laughs> picture of me. And I really didn't anticipate much, Marcy. I didn't. But I got flooded with female um, pen pals. And uh, some were not stable. <laughs> I had two that made it. I had two that made it with me through the whole 10 years uh, at Mountain View. And um, a bit later on afterwards, after I got released. So I'll just start with that and we'll see where the conversation goes. <laughs> well, um, first of all, so, so somebody's... Um, in the chat box talking about they have a lot of experience and um, they wish that they had, they could come on with us. So just, just so everybody knows if, if you guys see on our Facebook page or our YouTube page that what we're talking about the next week, you have some insight and um, we have to talk to you before we like pull you on here. So we would definitely love that. We encourage you guys. If you guys have stories you want to tell, get with us and we'll be happy to work that out. But but I do want to show this comment because I had a daughter with my prison pen pal. So it, it happens. There are 
there are relationships that form and thrive even after. Not even very many that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we do know of, of someone uh, that, yeah, she married her prison pen pal. He reached out to her and um, about two years before she was released, she got out, they got married and she moved to Germany. And he is a wonderful human being, um, not not a weirdo or anything. It worked out very well. She's happy. She has a new life. Uh, sometimes it doesn't go so well, though. And yeah, she's happy, and we're happy for her. We're seeing what a great relationship it is. So for sure, I feel like on the positive kind of side of things, it might be a good time to hear Jesse's thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, so we have a TikTok superstar, which is not how he would want me to introduce him. Um, Jesse did 19 years um, in a men's prison in Virginia, and he fell in love with one of his pen pals. He had a couple long-term pen pal um, relationships, and he ended up going home to one of them. So uh, let's hear. Uh, I think I can play it with us still hanging out. We'll see how it goes. We're getting fancy with this. We're learning. We are getting fancy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, not only did it not play it, it kicked his video off. Well. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we could talk about something else while I, maybe I could just pull the video up. Guys, this is ridiculous. I had it ready to go. And do you know, Tunchi, I practiced playing it. I know. And I don't I know if it was, be oh, I bet it was because it was three of us, maybe. Um, And I have the screen for two. I'm not sure. Are you gonna, you're going to try it again. Well, I, I have to pull it up, so it's okay. going to take a minute. We should just... Okay, so I, I'll discuss something else in, in terms of uh, pen pals. Um, you know, I didn't see many women who wrote other women um, in like, in pen pal capacities, like, hey, I found you on a pen pal site, and, and I thought I'd write you. Just very few. And I was one of few people that I knew that that happened to. But there was a lot, like you said, you know, I have a pen pal from my grandma's church. <laughs> like there were a lot of pen pals uh, that were ministry based or church volunteers. I, you know, I knew a lot of people that were pen pals in that capacity. But, um, you know, the, the main crux of our conversation tonight is, well, is what what does it what does that look like when that turns into a relationship? Because it does. So I feel like maybe I got it. And what I'm going to do is close us out and play him so it doesn't do that to us again. <laughs> so bye-bye, Tunchi. <laughs> Let's see. I was locked up for 19 years, and I had a few pen pal relationships. You know, things that started out as just people writing and being friends. It developed into more. And I remember my last relationship, the most serious relationship of my life, uh, she was fascinated by this. She said, like, how do people have these relationships? Like, how do you know somebody is more than just a friend? I mean, you can't have sex. Like, you can't do things together. You're not going out to dinner together. And I was like, oh, you know. And I remember about a month later, she was like, oh, my God, you do know. Um, 
And what it was for me was feeling isolated and cut off and not connected. So then being able to find someone I could be connected to and I could share with and would share with me and create this incredible emotional intimacy. And by not being able to do things together, by not being able to cohabitate, I had to learn to vocalize and verbalize everything and other people did too. And that lent itself to this emotional vulnerability that often doesn't exist in the world. Because we meet and go on a date and do things, we don't really have to open up. We can just do things together. We can share space, we can be you know, physically intimate, but that's not the same thing as emotional intimacy. So having the opportunity to really connect with people and really make you know, bonds, really find out who someone is and find out the way we kind of fit together has been amazing. And then in the last relationship, the one that unfortunately ended this past November, that got to transition into 3D because we were together for about eight months before I was released. I oh, know, excuse me, about six months, let's be fair. Um, so all of a sudden I had an hour and a half's notice. I, I woke up that morning with 10 years left of my sentence. In an hour and a half from two o'clock to 3.30, they told me, Mr. Crossan, you're going home today. And so this relationship that had been entirely virtual because it was during COVID and there were no visits, like we had had a few um, video calls, which was kind of cool. We had talked on the phone, but we had never been in the same room together. All of a sudden we're like in the same space together. I remember I met her in the, the driveway of the prison or the driveway of the cornfield next to the prison. And it was like, this person is in 3D, but it's the little details you don't think about. Like, I didn't know how big she was. Like, I didn't know how tall or short she was. I'd seen her face, I'd seen picture of her, but I didn't actually have an idea of like who she was in space. And it was awkward. It was like, is this gonna be weird? But at the same time, it wasn't awkward because there was a trust and there was an intimacy there that defied that. And we had been worried because people always told us, oh, well, things could be different. And I remember our first video visit was incredibly jarring and it didn't feel comfortable. So we were like, hey, if we get in our heads about this, like we may never go through it. We may just decide that we're not gonna go in the other direction. So we committed like, hey, we're gonna explore this. Like whether it's awkward or funny or weird, we're just gonna do this because the only way we're gonna know is to get through it. And it translated really well. Not only did we have emotional intimacy, not, not only were we connected intellectually, we had great physical chemistry and we didn't know if that would be the case, but it was. And it allowed for this relationship to then transition to 3D and allowed for her to support me in my transition, which she did absolutely amazingly. Like I had never felt so seen and supported. And at the same time, it allowed me to show up for her in the ways that she needed because her dating someone casually on the outside or her having a relationship that was based more on doing things together than really being in the same emotional space, she probably hadn't had that same experience. So we were able to support each other. We were able to connect. And having that relationship really allowed me to kind of deepen who I was and recognize that, but then also eventually recognize that I don't know who I am in the world. Like I was able to build a relationship from the space I was, from the limited kind of knowledge or version of myself that was in prison, that who I am out here in the world is different, that I'm growing and changing and learning. And that was the most uncomfortable part because I still tremendously care about this person. And we're still in contact and we're still friends, but it's difficult because things change when we get out of prison. And we thought, okay, if I just dump all my secrets and I just share all of myself in these letters and phone calls, like then we'll know each other. But the problem is people evolve. And that's really what I've realized. And the same thing has happened with friends who are pen pals. I've had friends who are pen pals that I now am closer with now that I'm out here in the world, now that I can see in person or just pick up the phone and talk to. I've also had people who have like pushed back and said, hey, you know, this isn't the same. Like, why have you changed? Well, because human beings change, like that's what happens. So I've experienced both deepening of relationships as well as kind of like shallowing, even like pulling back from relationships. But none of it is, is possible without that kind of genuine emotional intimacy, without getting to know people and connect and have those relationships and then see where they go because ultimately we're not in charge. Like they're gonna grow or they're gonna fall apart. But either way, if we don't put ourselves out there, if we don't make those connections, we're never gonna see. And I feel like my life is infinitely richer, both for the friends and for the romantic relationships I had that started as pen pals. Oh my, my. 
Tunchi, how did the video not play? And you guys hung in there. I'm so happy y'all stayed watching and listening to Jesse because he was talking about some incredible things, but he's so engaging as a speaker. Um, I guess you guys hung in there and I appreciate it so much. Um, Shamika Lewis just joined us also. Thank y'all for watching and hanging on. So Jesse Crossan had some really good experiences with his prison pen pals. It was in, he was pretty encouraging, but I'll, I'll say this as a person in general, he's, he's a pretty good guy. He's a pretty honest guy who cares a lot about other people's feelings. And I think that's not always the case with, people and uh, prison pen pal situations. I, you know, uh, and we'll post the, the, we'll post the video to the, the channel so people can see his handsome face and lovely eyelashes. Um, but he, he did, he does articulate, he, he articulates it in a way that is, is super positive and, and he's, that is his personality. Um, and being very kind and in, in discussing how, uh, you know, those relationships play out, which, you know, I think it's would be harder for maybe some other people to be able to articulate that in such a um, enlightened uh, way. Right. Because sometimes those relationships play out well and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, it can be um, really devastating, but I mean, any relationship is right. But I, I think for those of us that have been locked up a long time um, and, you know, he does talk about like, here's this person that you you're sharing these intense letters with back and forth pages. Um, it, it turns into years, you know, and maybe you're not at a place where you, they come to visit or, you know, especially back in the day, we didn't have video visitation or, or even the phone. So you've, all you've got are these letters and, um, that can get really emotionally intense. And, and you have this vision of a person, you have this idea of a person um, and they, you, right. They create this, this version of you. And that may not be the reality when you actually get out and meet one another. I, Marcy, I had a, a friend of mine that um, he, uh, it wasn't a prison pen pal, but it was kind of comparable. And it was what we talked about last week, which was, you know, staff relationships, um, you know, but he had this, you know, through writing letters to each other, they were never really in real contact because she just wasn't on his wing a lot. And we go, he goes, Hey, I want you to drop me off at the restaurant by the mall because I'm going to meet her in person for the first time. And I was like, he was like, you know, I've seen her, but this is in real life. I said, okay, Marcy, he tells me just wait outside. Okay. Because if it goes bad, I'm just leaving. And it wasn't 10 minutes later, he comes right back out of the restaurant. We were at Cheddar's and he got in the car. I said, what happened? He said, I just took one look at her and she said, hi. And I thought to myself, this is not what I created in my head. I I'm just going to excuse me. I was polite. I said, I just wanted to stop by and we left. And he was just devastated. Just in that interaction, he was like, yeah, this is not like I just that was a total fantasy that I had in my well head. Have you ever read a book that you just really loved and then you watch the movie? The characters are never, they never live up to the character that you have made 
in your head. And I, I don't just mean physical appearance. I mean, uh, personality, um, all of that, all of those things that can't quite come across on paper. Right. Yeah. It, well, and, and there's, let's, <laughs> now you just, you just said you had the, the little older lady that from the church volunteer that wrote, you know, and, and I think it's it's important when, you know, people on the inside have people to communicate with. And I, I used to say that, like, that's what's going to help me survive this is having constant contact with the outside world. It it gives you something to look forward to. You get, you're able to escape. And I remember uh, one of my pen pals, she was married and um, she wrote me and, you know, she would tell me about her day and she would send me books and um she was really supportive, but it, you know, the other pen pal it was much closer. It was really, uh, I felt like they were really intense. Um, not, and I don't mean intense in a bad way, but like really deep, like this was a really, like, you don't write somebody, you know, personal letters, pages for months and years and not develop some type of um, intimacy. I guess that's the right word to you. Uh, it just, it's really hard. Like you said, that's a good analogy. Like, yeah, I've, I've created this in my head and then I go, I go see the movie and it's like, damn, not that it's disappointing. I don't want to say that either. It's not that it's disappointing. It's just really different. Um, and there comes a lot of complications with real life, I guess is what I'm saying. Now I had a roommate that when she ended up going home to one of her pen pals, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start with, she had several pen pals that she led to believe they were going to have a life together outside of prison. And I mean, I think that that can be a pretty scary situation, but she was actively writing and calling several different men. Um, and, and she did, like I said, she did actually end up going home to one. And I, I got letters from her afterwards. Um, and for only a few months, I have no idea where that relationship went, but that for sure happens too. So that's something we definitely should touch on. And, and is it safe? People ask me all the time, I want to write somebody and they're maybe not talking about looking for a relationship. They're talking about offering exactly what you were saying, friendship, companionship, encouragement. Um, and so what do you say to those people when they're, when they're asking, is it safe to write somebody in prison? Well, it, you know, I, I see it. The, the really unsafe part is for us. All the, the, the problems I've ever heard with, you know, pen pals turning into real world relationships have always been for the women we know has always been to the detriment of the woman. I, I can't even count on both hands. I can't even count how many women that I knew were, were murdered or assaulted by some prison pen pal that they'd had for years, whether it's, she just walked into that when she got out, or like you said, she's got five other, uh, you know, um, balls that she's juggling, uh, right? I didn't mean that to sound weird, 
But like, you know, she could have other stuff or she's lied or she's taken money this whole time. And, and now she's like, I don't want to be with you. And he flips out. Um, the unsafe always played out for the for the woman who now I don't know how that is for men in their incarceration and in their pen pal experience. But I don't know. Did, did you hear of those uh, times that you knew someone that got out and went home and a pen pal did something violent? That to was Absolutely. We heard those kind of stories. That's something that we heard um, that they had to move towns that, I mean, just the whole, the whole thing. And oftentimes you do develop just like you said, an intimacy through the mail and there's a trust built there. Um, but I would say just be careful about the personal information as far as where you're at, like a home address, you know, that's kind of a scary situation. That's something that we do often. We don't have a home address to give someone. So we share our parents address, our grandparents address or siblings address. Um, you know, and I think that that could be, like you said, more dangerous for a female incarcerated person for sure. So Lori, our, our friend Lori is on. She's she's in the waiting room and she has some experience with a prison pen pal. Let's hear it. <laughs> I think I'm in the F and I'm in the F and waiting room. <laughs> she texted you. <laughs> I'm trying to see if last time I hit the toggle for that video, it kicked it off. So Lori, if something happens, jump right back on and we'll fix it. Please don't. Don't be mad at Tunchi if something <laughs> bad happens. Such okay. an impossibility. Here, here we go. Oh, it worked. The fact is, I'm going to get mad at her regardless. So just, It doesn't matter. <laughs> just nothing I do is right. So, <laughs> Well, as long as there's that understanding... We can, I feel like we can all move forward. <laughs> Lori, I didn't know that you, you were um, somewhat of an expert in this topic or, or, or that you have lived experience in the prison pen pal realm. <laughs> look, look, prison art, prison cards. So, so, so tell us about it first. Tell us how, like at the beginning, tell us how you became a pen pal to someone who was incarcerated? Well, the interesting thing about our relationship was he was incarcerated and I was incarcerated. So in the county that I was in, um, you know, there were several ways you passed your time. And one of them was get you a pen pal. And so, you know, county movement's limited, but the second you hit the streets, you were, you were tasked with coming back with information. And information that was golden was a first and a last name. So that you could write the mail on the other side. And of course, we all had the tricks. They allowed the inmate to inmate mail. And it, I mean, it was like a free for all. So, so you met him and that this was a several years ago, because you haven't several been incarcerated wow. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, that's pretty impressive. First of all, that you've been able to maintain that. Um, so you started writing in County maintain, Jail. Maintain? No, that's not. No? Enough. 
that happened. <laughs> no, that's never how the story ends, is it? Okay. Well, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> well, we started riding in county, and he knew, of course, yeah, y'all were locked up. Um, I'm sure, Marcy, you were locked up in, in a small county, right? Yes, ma'am. So you get in there and everybody knows everybody, you know, they've all been running the streets together. So not only do they know all the females know one another, but they know all their counterparts on the other side, all the men. And so everybody likes to play matchmaker. And Lori, I, th I think you ought to write to this guy. I think you guys would make a good match. And so, you know, I didn't have a whole lot else going on in my life, so... I started writing to him and we wrote, um, his case was a little more serious. So he had to stay in County for a lot longer than I did. And you guys, you guys remember what the mail used to be like a little bit where if you could just put your return address on something without the inmate number or anything like that, sometimes it would make it through. In mm -hmm. DCJ, yeah, right. right. <laughs> Y'all know all those tricks, and and so for a long time, I got a lot of mail from two hundred sixty Elm Street, Tyler, Texas seven five seven. What was that? Oh one, I think. And um, it made it through until it didn't. And I remember I was at the Marlin unit at the transfer unit when um, they finally flagged it, and so we had to um, move to other avenues of staying in touch, like you know, family members or not my family members, because God forbid mine were never going to help me break any rules, but friendly friends or maybe women who had gotten out or people who understood the situation. We kept in contact until, until after I got out of prison. So I got out of prison in 2015 and that was back when you couldn't just register your phone. You had to have, you know, um, a contract phone. You had to jump through all of the hoops. And I, I just didn't have money for that. And so what we ended up doing is a friend of mine, her brother was incarcerated too. So we got a landline at her apartment. And so what I would do is I would schedule the time that he was going to call. Um, I would sit and wait for the phone to ring. Um, we would talk for our very, very expensive 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we would make arrangements to do it the next time. I would have to go get the keys to her apartment. I'd have to track her down, get the keys to her apartment, go wait on the phone call and, you know, go from there. Um, do y'all want to know like how it ended? Yes. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. We want the whole, so, so it, it did end. I just, I want to note that it's ended, but you definitely still have, um, memorabilia from that pal <laughs> relationship I, I still have all of the letters that he wrote me y'all and I think that part of that speaks to another thing that I'll get to but part of it speaks to just that that um it was real it was so real to me and the words that we exchanged you know it was all just so very real and um so I got real busy. I was at transitional housing. We we were expected to do a lot of volunteering. We had this really big garage sale. Um, we had to work, you know, our day jobs and then work afterwards to get ready for this garage sale. 
and I missed two phone calls. And he wrote to me and basically tried to check me. <laughs> he was mad. He was mad he was you mad. didn't answer the phone. He so, really and, and there's something for you guys that are listening or watching and you haven't been ever incarcerated. When you are incarcerated, you have nothing but time for your mind to play tricks on you and make up scenarios in your head. And when that phone doesn't answer, there are a thousand reasons why running through your mind and none of them are just because they were in the shower or they were right. outside or their ringer was off for whatever reason. <laughs> They're all ridiculous, crazy reasons. So I, I can imagine. So, I, yeah. Right. He was fired up. Yeah. He was fired up. He was fired yeah. up. You didn't answer. You missed two phone calls. So so then what? What happened? Well, I can't remember whether I J paid him, whether I just, you know, tried to manage his ex expectations. But I know that this the next time we spoke, he put me in check in a very, very, I felt very ugly way. You know, um, basically you don't have, I should be the priority here. And I made a decision right then that he was not the priority and that, and that he wasn't going to handle me like that. Right. And I quit answering his, his letters, but that's not the end of the story. <laughs> of course not. Okay. Well, first I want to know, was there a conversation like, Hey, you're not going to handle me like that. Or did you just cold Turkey, Lori, I bet you cold turkeyed him. Shut up, Jennifer. <laughs> just stop talking to him. This why I wanted to if Jennifer Toon wasn't on here. Mm -hmm. but, but she is. And it was probably a combination of both of those things, Marcy. It was probably me saying, you aren't going to handle me like that. And and then, you know, I kicked in and and I just cut off all contact. And he so knew what why. happened. Then what happened when he got out? So he gets out and I'm sure I still have the Facebook message somewhere, but it was, um, he probably got out maybe two years after that, maybe a year and a half. And I got a message request on Facebook and, um, he, it was him and he was out and he was living, he is living in Savannah, Georgia. And that's where he paroled to. And he thanked me for all that I did for him. I, you know, got all of his pictures off of his old Facebook account. I did, you know, send him some money. Um, we did the writing, all that stuff. Um, I communicated with his sister some for him. And we picked right back up, I guess. Kind of. Tell us on about the, the first meeting. Then, Okay, on the telephone. On the telephone, because he was in Savannah. Okay. But somewhere in there along the way, he got married. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he get married and you knew he was getting married? Or when he started changing the way he communicated with me, I knew something had changed. Right. You know, you pay, we pay attention to patterns, cadence, um, you know, who initiates first when anything like that changes. And I think that women just do that. I don't, I don't know if men do that. 
Well, this is, this is when y'all are communicating though, both of y'all are out. He just right. lives long distance and you pick back up like you did when y'all were riding and everything's da, 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 And then all of a sudden he starts to be weird. Tapering off a little okay. bit. Okay. Doesn't answer the phone. I have to start initiating more. I call and he doesn't answer. So I'm doing the pursuing now and he's, blowing me off and then he got married but you know we were Facebook friends at the time and so I started seeing little indicators he was careful about what he put on Facebook um, but you know women know and we look and we examine and did you know that you can post something on Facebook and exclude a certain page from seeing that post Yes. That's Facebook is they're setting us up. They're setting <laughs> us up. <laughs> they are setting us up. So that was that was the end of the prison pen pal romance. So we're still y'all, we're still Facebook friends. I I'm not sure if I should say this. Should I say this? He hasn't posted in a long time. So I'm not sure what's going on with him. He had some medical problems. And and really, y'all, I just came to, to, and it's so difficult to express how well I knew him. And yet I didn't know him at all, all at the same time. I, I love how you said that. And I, I love how you shared with us that you saved all of the letters because they did mean something to you. And, and that was a relationship. It was something that you definitely um, grow close to a person through letters. Um, and Jason's saying that too. He has letters that he's had for years. Um, and so I can imagine that I, I don't know how that would be. Like I said, I didn't have one. I know someone else that has had some pretty intense um, long-term prison relationships. And, and she's here with us tonight, Tunchi. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> who else? Well, you know, you know um, I think of everybody that, that can understand the things that, I go through emotionally. Um, I have a hard time with relationships anyway. We all know that, but, but Lori has always understood because she, cause you know, the, the simple answer for some people is, Oh, Jennifer, you know, this person, they wrote you some letters in prison. Okay. So what? It's not like it was, you know, I'm like, no, you don't understand what those letters meant to me. Like I can just think of them and, and, cry because they were that important to me um because it was you know it was real it was real to me it's still real to me and you know when jesse was talking about you get out and you you meet somebody that you've that you were that you met through letters and to get them to know them in person and and have that dynamic change or not be what you thought it was or I have had a hard time. I have struggled deeply with that. Um, it's it's just it, unless you experience that, um, it, you know. And I'm not talking about the the pen pals that you, that you know are looking for tricks or sugar daddies, you know, to make it because women have to survive. Um, 
you know, and not really even relationships that were predominantly romantic. This started off as friendship, intense, deep friendship, and turned into something else, and then may not ever be anything again. I mean, I have a hard time letting that go because of what it meant to me for the worst years of my life. Yes, absolutely. It's the things that got you through. And this is what I told Jennifer on the phone the other night. It was something that completely belonged to you. You didn't have to share it with anyone. You know, you get the mail at mail call. Um, you're sharing so much intimacy, even though, and there's, and the physical is off the table. And so you're sharing all of this emotional intimacy. Yeah, right. Because there is no, um, I mean, obviously there's no physical contact uh, in pretty much those years that I, I had pen pals. Um, one in particular, it, it wasn't even like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just, to, for me, deeply intimate. And, you know, when I'd get my letters, I'd always say, you know, if I had... Um, because she wrote me a lot. She wrote me pages. You know what I mean? And so I would hold my finger at the back of the page. That way, I, when I flipped them, I would know, okay, I've got two pages left. Okay, let me read this one slowly because I've got one page left. Like that is how much I would cherish uh, those letters and they meant everything to me. Um, and again, going back to, to what Jesse said is, is to feel that relationship outside of that. And, you know, it goes for the other person, too. Like, and it doesn't mean that you're not the person I, I thought you were. It just means that you are a lot more um, intricate and complex and confusing than I thought. <laughs> well, there's so Lori felt it from both sides, right? She felt it from writing while she was incarcerated and she felt it getting mail as a free person in the free world. And so can you talk about what that, so we know we, us three, and anybody else that's been incarcerated knows what mail call means in prison anyway, period, any mail. And so then when it's something that where you, where you are having feelings for someone and you are in some sort of relationship, it's even more so, right? And so what, what is mail call? or going to the mailbox or getting mail in the free world from your incarcerated loved one? How does that feel? So at the beginning, it was still a lot like I was in prison. And, and so I have to, I have to frame that and say, I was at transitional housing and this was faith-based transitional housing. And so we had rules and those rules were relation. And a lot of those rules were around relationships. So there was, while he could write me, I had to be the one to catch the mail. And, and so there was still a little bit of adrenaline involved and I was still surrounded by women and in, in a very safe and structured place where it was still a little bit of the same, right? And as I grew up in that program, then I was given permission to, to write and um, while it was still very special to hear from him, it wasn't the same. And, and what an interesting question to ask 
Marcy, because I've never really thought about that. It felt more like, even though I was excited to hear from him, there was still a little bit of obligation that came with that. Mm. The obligation to write him back immediately and, and try to match that same level of intimacy, even though the world was moving and it was moving quickly around me. And there's for sure something um, to be said for that. Anybody that um, you guys that are watching and listening, I, we appreciate y'all for hanging out for sure. So any of you that have not been incarcerated, when when you are incarcerated, the, the concept of how fast time moves and how many free world obligations are in a person's day, they're lost on us. When we're in there, we have so much free time. We wake up that morning and if we're expecting mail, we're already thinking about it from the time we wake up. You know, when we're out here, we're up house, household chores, pets, work, and all of the things, kids, everything that comes with that. Um, so there's definitely a different dynamic there. So Tunchi, we have 20 minutes left and I, I definitely want to hit on, we've talked about real relationships real, real bonds and intimacies that happen with prison pen pals. Um, but I definitely want to loop back around and talk about the not so real ones. Um, and the, the, the ones that we know were running game, whether, the, oh, pen yeah. pals were, <laughs> whether yeah. the pen pals in the free world were running game or the people we were incarcerated with were running game. So Lori, we will, we would love for you to stick around. You're more than welcome to, or if you don't feel like it, that's fine too. I want to make sure you have the option either way. Um, I don't care y'all. You may I, as well hang out girl. Man, bump this hole off of here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and there's a lesson in two distinct and different personalities right there. I'm just kidding. Yes. I love you. You're my soulmate forever. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, there's something that definitely happens. Um, being incarcerated on a women's unit, we see not only do women often write several pen pals, but there are pen pals that write several women. Right. Um, and they're, I mean, they're professional pen pals and <laughs> yeah. they are sending some change to each woman. They are sending mail to each woman and at visitation, y'all, back in the day, you couldn't visit during the week. It was only the weekend. And these guys would come when the visitation doors opened. They'd get in line for one lady. They'd have that visit, buy them some snacks on the vending machine, <laughs> and go outside, get back in line, and just loop right back around. <laughs> Well, damn, Marcy, you're describing every time I go to Catesville at eight o'clock <laughs> and leave at five, an empty little Ziploc bag of no quarters. So you're the, you're the trick. <laughs> no, you're visiting your actual friends. It's quite different. You're visiting people that you already know and already have a friendship with, and you're showing support to them in prison. Yeah, That's you're all. right. Even though they're yeah. ex-girlfriends, they're still friends. Um, yes. Yeah. 
No, but you're 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 right. Like you've you've got prison pen pals that are ministry and helpful and volunteers and little old ladies. Then you've got some that are just like looking for friendships that turn into more. Who knows? But trying to to form some type of you know relationship. And then you have the majority of pen pals mm -hmm. in women's prison. This straight up hustle, <laughs> straight up hustle. Sure, uh, game. And and you're right. The men. I was just talking to somebody in Gatesville the other day because she's on a, a website because she's like, man, I ain't got no money. My mom, you know, she's she's out of work. I got to I got to find a guy. <laughs> I got to find a pen pal. She's like, well, I hadn't hadn't hit very many if I had one or two. Um, but if they don't pay, if they don't put money on your books, you know, no letters for you, sir. You don't get <laughs> sexy letters. <laughs> you don't get those for free. And y'all remember. That the women would, I, because I was a librarian, they come in there and check out the filthiest, dirtiest romance novels they could find. Because they copy the phrases out. Yes. Yes. And, and hey, if I'm doing this with a, if, if somebody's doing this with a male pen pal and you've got three or four letters in and he still hadn't, hadn't ponied up and put any money on your books, nope, he's no good. But. <laughs> You, He's cut you off. Know that, that's right. And the ones that are like, she was like, Jennifer, I think I, I got one that'll be a good, good pen pal. Cause he was like, look, I know how to put money on the phone and I already put some money in your, <laughs> in your, in your trust fund. She was like, Oh, he's seasoned. He knows what to do. So. <laughs> but survival, it's survival. There's no moral judgment. I mean, it's, it's survival. Yeah. Well, it is survival. And, and frankly, the people that are in the free world, they're getting something from that transaction as right. well. Um, and it's, you know, fill, filling their emotional need or or whatever. But you brought up, you guys brought up copying um, <laughs> sexual phrases from books in the library or pat books passed around in the dorm. Um, but that was also a prison hustle. So <laughs> if you could write a good you sex write letter. Dirty stuff. You could, you could get for commissary for that. So mm -hmm. if you had one, two, or three good sex letters, that could go out to multiple pen pals from multiple different, <laughs> multiple ladies. Yeah. So that was always really interesting to me. Now, um, I want to I mention too, Marcy, just as a side note of back in the day, when you could, when we could have pornography, like we got Playboy and Hustler and all that stuff, believe it or not. Um, and you could get nude pictures, you know? So these pen pals, if y'all thought they were off the chain when you were there, O-M-G, unsolicited, like a guy sending you unsolicited pics. You get this in the mail. You get this in the mail. I oh my, the stuff. Uh, and because back in the day, it wasn't like a pen pal site on a website. It was this weird kind of like they put ads in the back of, motorcycle magazines, pen pal place, and you get a list of women's names and numbers and they would write and just unsolicited people were like, girl, look what this guy sent me. I'm like, what? It, it was, was a back bad. page ad, a back page yes. ad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there was an expectation that came yes. with that. And you just made me think about, um, I can imagine just going, living your life in prison and going to mail call and opening it and there being a penis right yeah. there in your face. And that happens to me often on Snapchat. I don't know how to handle that platform. So <laughs> it's 
horrible. It's horrifying. I'm always scared to open my Snapchat in front of anyone because they're going to be like, what are you doing? What are you looking at? But I don't know why people think that that's okay. There's a will, there's a way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's progressed a little bit. So, right. <laughs> Well, in some of these pen pals too, like, um, and some of my, I know, I don't know why the chat on the side, Marcy, that we're looking at doesn't have people's names on it, but I'm looking at all the people that, that I know that are watching this and they're old school and they know that these guys would do this. And then, um, I think I told you that time that my friend, you know, finally put her pen pal on, on her visitation list. And he was, a he was strange. He would ask for very strange letters. Um, and she was like, girl, I, she was indigent and y'all know being indigent in prison is horrible. It's hor You have nothing to look forward to. You're, you barely exist there. It's a horrid, depressing experience. Uh, so you got to do what you got to do. And Jennifer, just, just so people don't judge, tell them, tell them what you get in Texas prison. If you're, if you're indigent, what does the state provide? The state provides you um, a roll of toilet paper, seven little slivers of soap, tooth powder, a little tiny toothbrush that is that big, 24 pads, seven tampons, That's and it. a little black comb. Oh, That's yes, it. and the comb. That's that it. No deodorant, it. guys. No shampoo. Um, God forbid lotion. God forbid you want real toothpaste. None of that. So before you guys start judging what people have to do while you're incarcerated to survive, uh, yeah, think about that. Go yeah, and, and the food. And commissary is necessary. It's not just for treats and snacks. Um, you know, I lived off of just chow hall food at Lane Murray when I was 17, I was working the host squad and I would go to bed crying. I was so hungry and you don't ask people uh, for food. So, you know, commissary is necessary. It's your survival there and Texas doesn't pay people. So you, you literally live on whatever anybody can send you. And you certainly don't want to keep asking, uh, your family. So if some very strange, odd man wants to send you money uh, and you just have to copy stuff out of romance novels, you do it, but that you can get some real, very bizarre people. And she had this guy that was strange and she tolerated it. And she was like, well, I'm going to put him on a visitation list. She left. Girl, she was back 25 minutes later. I said, what happened? Did They called you out. He's here. She goes, girl, I walked in there. I sat down. He started talking. I said, I, I need to, I need to go to the bathroom. She goes, I just told the officer I'm ready to go. I said, you just left him there. She goes, I did Jennifer. He was so scary. He scared me so badly. Um, I just left. I need details. What he, what scared him? What was scary? His person, his personality, his well, demeanor. The, the letters that he asked for were really weird. They were weird. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their fetish or whatever. And that already made her uncomfortable. And she's like, oh, I don't know. She said, but when she walked in and sat down and this was at, so I know it at Lane Murray, it's just the glass and the phone, right? Well, old school crane, uh, Mountain View replaced theirs, but crane, it's the glass. And then the grate below it is you can hear each other. I mean, there's air that it's just a grate. Oh. And uh, so she sits down and he was, his hygiene wasn't good at all. <laughs> it was, Mm, no no <laughs> and she was like this the 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 smell hit me immediately oh. and then when he started talking uh he was just not well cared for uh and it just it just sent her over the edge she goes with all the you know he's he's just i don't know if he's in a van somewhere 
kidnapping people. I don't know that it just freaked her sense. You know, that intuition you're like, mm -mm, yes. no. Uh, and mm -hmm. she just got up and left him there and never answered. And those are the type of people that, you know, people are so desperate because they have nowhere else to go to. And they go to this guy's address. Uh, and then we find out or see on the news that one of the women we know got harmed. Yeah. And good for her for following her instinct and, and not, and just doing what she had to do. I tell uh, all my kids that I have one daughter. I don't think I have to worry too much about it because she's pretty raw with it, but instinct, instinct is real. And that's maybe hard to get through the mail. So that's something like another aspect. That's something your intuition or your, your instinct when you meet somebody, that's a face to face feeling usually, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I would think so. She came right back to the door. I said, well, why didn't you stay up there and get your little snacks? You could have ate $20 worth of snacks. She said, I couldn't bear it. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't sit through five minutes. I'm sorry we can't see y'all's names. We're, we don't know. You know, we're just learning, guys. <laughs> <laughs> One day, Tunchi, like three years from now, we're going to be saying, we're just learning. We're so just, just learning. hang in there because <laughs> we have several episodes under our belt, but literally it's just something different every time. I don't know why. So we're so glad to have y'all though. Thanks for hanging out and tuning in. We appreciate you guys. And just like this user on Facebook, which is probably one of our friends. <laughs> Leslie um, says, Ann Estes, Leslie Ann. Oh, Anyone can be anything on paper. It's true. And you get to be whoever you want to be. You, we would see that. So I actually know um, my one of my best friends. She's still incarcerated, and I'm still in contact with her now. Um, it was <laughs> so I've been home almost two years. Well, she was writing a pen pal and he was promising the world. He was talking about um, his big job. He was talking about his big house. He was oh, talking about his car. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming out and she's like, we got to find them, you know, find them on Facebook for me, find them on Facebook. And she wanted to know, like, she thought he was probably married or in a relationship. Like she wanted that kind of dirt. Um, she did not want, the I'm living in not in my own big house, but roommates with several people. And you know what I mean? It was a completely different story he was throwing at her. And I'm not sure where maybe he thought she he'd be rich by the time she got <laughs> out. You know, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of long term thinking that goes into that that stuff. Well, you know, hey, I do want to say this when I was writing my pen pal. Um, I was like, <laughs> hey, you know, I tried to be me as much as I could, although later on it's like, well, you you presented yourself to be somebody that was, this, you know, this or that. And I'm like, well, I, I don't feel like I did. I, I said from the gate that I like Star Wars and Britney Spears. It's like <laughs> I'm not a hardcore like what you would envision as a as a I don't know what you'd envision somebody being in prison. Um, but I do remember, uh, I am very, uh, cautious, uh, very protective of my first charge. You, you know, you both know that. Um, so I didn't mind talking about, you know, what are you in prison for? Oh, burglary. Uh, it was with assault. I broke into my ex-girlfriend's apartment when I was drunk and uh, acted crazy and, you know, blah, blah. And 
try to try to laugh about it. Although I'm sure somewhere she's like, bitch, it wasn't funny. It's not funny, but, but I tried to get through, you know what I mean? So I felt like that was a safe thing to tell the new pen pal that I was desperately trying to impress because she was hot and interesting. I kept reading it thinking, is this, I'm getting cat. And I told her later, I, I always felt like I was getting catfish that she was some overweight man in his mom's basement uh, that was that was a weirdo, and it's like you're just using this pretty girl's picture. But so I said, you know, the burglar or whatever, and so then she was like, oh, okay, great. In the next letter, she was like, well, you mean like also the? And I was like, oh, she already looked it up. Well, I didn't know that you'd looked it up. Uh, I didn't think that you could see that one. And yes, that's correct. Uh, but you know what? I was afraid she was going to judge me, and she never did. She never really has, but that was the only time I ever tried to present or maybe withhold um, part of myself during getting to know someone. But I, I mean, I always felt like I was pretty genuine through the years and, and she was too. It, that's what's so strange. What Lori said, it's like, I feel like I know this person so well, like I feel a soul connection to you. And then it feels like I don't know you at all. Like you are more of a stranger to me than somebody on the street. It, it's very strange that dichotomy. Mm-hmm. It is. You said catfishing, and and that's something we didn't talk about. Uh, that's you know that's a term I learned when I got out of prison. That wasn't. <laughs> well, I didn't I went, know what it was either, but I knew yeah. the concept. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So we called it something else, but but it's catfishing. Um, and I had that same roommate that, um, made a living writing pen pals. Um, she had a daughter. She was about my age and she had a daughter that was 17 or 18. Um, she came in one night from mail call really so upset because someone had sent her a picture that her daughter had posted online. And it was a little, risque it you know it wasn't like a nude but it was a little much for a 17 or 18 year old and I could see how maybe a mom would be like eek um and she was concerned and within weeks she was using that picture with new pen pals (laughs) it was out of control I, I just remember thinking these you're going to get kidnapped and whatever bad things happen when you're that dishonest with someone. Yo, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the story of the girl getting up and leaving, that happened just the opposite because a girl used, she was said that she was blonde hair, blue eyes, skinny, Barbie doll, da, da, da. And she was 200, like total opposite, total, total 100% not at all how you described yourself and used a picture. Now, if the staff or the mailroom catches this, you're getting written up for um, fraud, right? Like that's a code, that's a case. It's because you're, you know, but she put him on her and everybody was like, girl, and this was my first 10 years. We were like, girl, you're going to see him. Well, I'm just going to say that I just, she fell in love with him through these letters. He lived out of state. And she's like, I'm just going to tell him the truth because I think he loves me for me. And we were like, no, he doesn't. Oh boy. Let's wait in the day room. And sure enough, she comes back in and she's like, 
he left and they're like well what did he say was he upset she was like i told him and he was like okay i'm gonna get up and get you some snacks and he never returned with the snacks he just left there was was devastated it was on wentworth there was a there was a wentworth episode where um the same thing happened. They, the inmate catfished the pen pal, but then the pen pal had also catfished her. <laughs> and they, Did they, they live happily ever after? Right. They, I think, I, I, I don't really remember. Do you remember? Did you? I did binge watch that show, guys. Sadly, I binge watched several prison shows when I first got out of prison. It I was a really too. odd fixation. Um, we're at our hour and we don't know what we're talking about next week. (laughs) That's our closing music until we get our jingle idea. (laughs) So what should we talk about next week? Maybe we ask people right now in the chat. Yeah. Any suggestions, guys, you guys hanging out with us tonight. Y'all have been awesome. This chat has been going strong. I appreciate y'all so much. Um, So somebody who, what do y'all want to hear about? And we should have done this. We should have asked this like, some minutes ago (laughs) they're like really well i mean let's face it all of us have been super busy with session texas legislative session is happening we have a bill being heard tomorrow so we've all read your testimony uh yes my my i just know my story i didn't put that I didn't put that in the chat. Oh, look, there's Lauren. Yeah. There, and so we have two suggestions. And actually, we can just do both of these and decide which one right now we want to do. So um, Lauren says prison pets. And that's a pretty good one. And oh, yeah, oh, what are we holding on for? I was looking to see who wrote that comment. And it was Leslie. <laughs> oh, you can see it on your phone. Yeah, you can see it on my video. So, I don't know why I can't see it. In the, um... Leslie says disabilities in the prison system and how they're addressed. So that's I, I think that's next week. What do you think, yeah. Tunch? I, I think um, so, too, because we've got some bills that really kind of hit on that. And we all know working on advocacy disabilities and they're like, well, she works at a disability organization. <laughs> well, of course I want to talk about it, um, but it gets left out of the conversation almost all the time. It does. And I, I probably have a guest with who's hearing impaired. Um, if oh we yeah. Can yeah. That out. And, and Marcy, you were at Lane Murray and that is the supposed uh, ADA compliant um, unit, which is really shocking because it lacks air conditioning and it's so difficult to get around. But and you're not allowed to help people with disabilities. But we'll, get, we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that. So y'all, we're streaming like everywhere. We have a brand new Facebook page, and it has two it followers. It's up. <laughs> We're streaming to it right now. Honey, and I didn't I, know. You didn't tell well, me. Well, I, I don't know how you don't you didn't know because I sent it in the group chat. Lori, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Lori knew. I sent it in the group chat today. So, um, oh, t- there you, it is. Yeah. Will you go ahead and follow it? And <laughs> yeah. because I think it was just me and Lori. You guys follow us on our Facebook Wait a minute. page. 
Is this you posting this waiting on your co-host? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's our first reel. Our We have our first Facebook reel. And it's me forever waiting for you to log on to, to make this awesome production. <laughs> Trying to eat my spaghetti. I had a long day at the governor's office. I need to tell you all about, but. You have well, we want to hear about it next week, y'all. Tune in. Disabilities in the prison system and how they're addressed. And guys, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel there. Facebook page everywhere on the rec yard. And we will be on the rec yard again next week. Same time, same place. Any final thoughts? Thanks y'all for having me. That's it. Thanks I thought so you were, much, I was Lori. waiting for you to say something crazy and now I can't come back now, with anything. But. So I come off with something sincere and you tap out. And it's like that every time. I'm, no. I'm sorry. You guys have to be a part of this. I hear it all the time. And until next week, guys, we'll see y'all then.